accusation and any deadly curse. His massive arms are wrapped around you, protecting you. You can run under his covering of majesty and hide. His arms of faithfulness are a shield, keeping you from harm. You will never worry about an attack of demonic forces at night, nor have to fear a spirit of darkness coming against you. Don't fear a thing. Whether by day or by night, demonic danger will not trouble you, nor will the powers of evil be launched against you. Even in a time of disaster with thousands and thousands being killed, you will remain unscathed and unharmed. You will be a spectator as the wicked perish in judgment, for they will be paid back for what they have done. When we live our lives within the shadow of God Most High, our secret hiding place, we will always be shielded from harm. How then could evil prevail against us or disease infect us? God sends angels with special orders to protect you wherever you go, defending you from all harm. If you walk into a trap, they'll be there for you and keep you from stumbling. You'll even walk unharmed among the fiercest powers of darkness, trampling every one of them beneath your feet. For here is what the Lord has spoken to me. Because you loved me, delighted in me, and have been loyal to my name, I will greatly protect you. I will answer your cry for help every time you pray, and you will feel my presence in your time of trouble. I will deliver you and bring you honor. I will satisfy you with a full life and with all that I do for you, for you will enjoy the fullness of my salvation. When you abide under the shadow of Shaddai, you are hidden in the strength of God Most High. He's the hope that holds me in the stronghold to shelter me, the only God for me and my great confidence. He will rescue you from every hidden trap of the enemy. He will protect you from false accusation and any deadly curse. His massive arms are wrapped around you, protecting you. You can run under his covering of majesty and hide. His arms of faithfulness are a shield, keeping you from harm. You will never worry about an attack of demonic forces at night, nor have to fear a spirit of darkness coming against you. Don't fear a thing. Whether by day or by night, demonic danger will not trouble you, nor will the powers of evil be launched against you. Even in a time of disaster with thousands and thousands, Thousands being killed, you will remain unscathed and unharmed. You will be a spectator as the wicked perish in judgment, for they will be paid back for what they have done. When we live our lives within the shadow of God Most High, our secret hiding place, we will always be shielded from harm. How then could evil prevail against us or disease infect us? God sends angels with special orders to protect you wherever you go, defending you from all harm. If you walk into a trap, they'll be there for you and keep you from stopping. You'll even walk unharmed among the fiercest powers of darkness, trampling every one of them beneath your feet. For here is what the Lord has spoken to me. Because you loved me, delighted in me, and have been loyal to my name, I will greatly protect you. I will answer your cry for help every time you pray, and you will feel my presence in your time of trouble. I will deliver you and bring you honor. I will satisfy you with a full life and with all that I do for you, for you will enjoy the fullness of my salvation. When you abide under the shadow of Shaddai, you are hidden in the strength of God Most High. 
He's the hope that holds me and the stronghold to shelter me, the only God for me and my great confidence. He will rescue you from every hidden trap of the enemy. He will protect you from false accusation and any deadly curse. His massive arms are wrapped around you, protecting you. You can run under his covering of majesty and hide. His arms of faithfulness are a shield, keeping you from harm. You will never worry about an attack of demonic forces at night, nor have to fear a spirit of darkness coming against you. Don't fear a thing. Whether by day or by night, demonic danger will not trouble you, nor will the powers of evil be launched against you. Even in a time of disaster with thousands and thousands being killed, you will remain unscathed and unharmed. You will be a spectator as the wicked perish in judgment, for they will be paid back for what they have done. When we live our lives within the shadow of God Most High, our secret hiding place, we will always be shielded from harm. How then could evil prevail against us or disease infect us? God sends angels with special orders to protect you wherever you go, defending you from all harm. If you walk into a trap, they'll be there for you and keep you from stumbling. You'll even walk unharmed among the fiercest powers of darkness, trampling every one of them beneath your feet. For here is what the Lord has spoken to me. Because you loved me, delighted in me, and have been loyal to my name, I will greatly protect you. I will answer your cry for help every time you pray, and you will feel my presence in your time of trouble. I will deliver you and bring you honor. I will satisfy you with a full life and with all that I do for you, for you will enjoy the fullness of my salvation. When you abide under the shadow of Shaddai, you are hidden in the strength of God Most High. He's the hope that holds me and the stronghold to shelter me, the only God for me and my great confidence. He will rescue you from every hidden trap of the enemy. He will protect you from false accusation and any deadly curse. His massive arms are wrapped around you, protecting you. You can run under his covering of majesty and hide. His arms of faithfulness are a shield, keeping you from harm. You will never worry about an attack of demonic forces at night, nor have to fear a spirit of darkness coming against you. Don't fear a thing. Whether by day or by night, demonic danger will not trouble you, nor will the powers of evil be launched against you. Even in a time of disaster with thousands and thousands, Thousands being killed, you will remain unscathed and unharmed. You will be a spectator as the wicked perish in judgment, for they will be paid back. Good evening, everyone. Welcome to Victory Christian Fellowship. It's a good night to get refreshed from God's presence. And there's times of refreshing that flow directly from His presence. For those of you that are here and if you're watching online, just get in the flow and God will refresh you. Father, we're so grateful and thankful that you renew our strength and we can mount up with wings of eagles. We can run and not be weary. We can walk and not faint. Lord, you are the strength of our life. We are strong in the Lord and in the power of your might. And we give you all the glory and all the praise in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's worship the Lord together.
Jesus. Oh, you are trustworthy. You are faithful. You are the way, the truth, and the life. We exalt your name forever. Hallelujah. You're the rock of our salvation. Our chief cornerstone. Blessed be your name. Hallelujah. We have the utmost confidence in our Lord and Savior Jesus. You've never let us down. You never have and you never will. Glory to God. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Great and mighty things. Great and mighty things. Hallelujah. Oh, we bless your name. Praise your name, Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. Oh, Lord, what a joy it is to be in your house, to be in your presence, to be where you are, manifesting your goodness and your grace. And we just love you, Lord. And we thank you, Lord, that you speak to us. The righteous are rising like lights in the darkness, and your light is getting brighter and brighter as the noonday sun. You are children of the light, walk in the light. For there you have my might. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Amen, amen, amen. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Amen. You may have your seats. Oh, praise the Lord. It's a good Wednesday. And you're in a good place. Hallelujah. Man, want to let you know that we're having our breakthrough breakfast coming up this Saturday. Our, it's a slight difference in time. It's 8.15 a.m. So if you're 12 and up and you want to come for our breakthrough breakfast, it's free. And uh, we're going to propel you forward. It's going to be a great day. But there, there's, this is a great way to kick off your Memorial Day weekend. And... Uh, Sponsored by our Barnabas group, and so 8.15 right here on Saturday. We're going to have a good time, guys. So uh, prepare yourselves. And uh, just exciting things happening here at VCF. Our youth have their uh, uh, Palazzo uh, creations. Hallelujah. And uh, that is just phenomenal, let me tell you. They have an entrepreneurial spirit. And um, God is blessing them, so uh, check that out. There's always uh, new stuff there, and everything is good. Pastor tested. Hallelujah. (laughs) Glory to God. And if you'd like to, you can always uh, invest in the kingdom of God. We have some ongoing projects. We have uh, 
the replacement of an air compressor for our uh, one of our AC units. We have four AC units, and uh, one of them is going to be replaced uh, when the parts come in, and that's uh, $1,890. That's parts and labor. That's everything. And then uh, we want to refurbish our kitchen with uh, two new ovens and a new fridge and a ventilation system. And then uh, we want to also add some lights uh, to enhance our online presence. Um, I, I knew one, I heard of one church, they have about a thousand in attendance, but they have 10,000 watching online. So that, that tells you, you know, there's a lot of mixture in today's uh, culture. And we're, we're glad for the ease of technology that we can get our word out there. Amen. Uh, I've gotten, I've went to India because someone saw us online. And uh, we, we had response from the Philippines because someone saw us online. And uh, so our message is getting out. It's touching the world. Amen. From Palmyra, PA, the world is being touched. Amen. Hallelujah. We have a, a great uh, impact. And I just appreciate your faithfulness and giving. And uh, as always, God will bless you. So uh, pray about what the Holy Spirit wants you to do. And then uh, do it. Amen. Father, I just thank you that I release a blessing over the gifts and the givers of VCF, both here and watching online. And Lord, we thank you for the multiple ways that we can give. And we thank you for your great rich return. And we just bless them in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. All right, kids, we're going to dismiss you now. Thank you for our teachers and our kids and our volunteers. Have a good night. Learning to live in faith. Hallelujah. Glory to God. All right. Are you ready for something good tonight? Something fresh and something good. Hallelujah. If you have your Bibles tonight, I want you to turn to 2 Corinthians chapter 5. And I'm going to talk about a, an unlikely character that you probably haven't heard much about except in certain places. But the Lord woke me up at 3.30 this morning. And I was studying and getting revelation. Amen. I've spied out the land and it's good. It's flowing with milk and honey. Hallelujah. So we're, we're about to hit your spiritual sweet tooth tonight. And I'm simply calling this living and walking by faith. Living and walking. You know, the Bible both says that we need to walk by faith and live by faith. And here in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, and we'll start with verse 6. I'm reading from the King James. 2 Corinthians 5, verse 6. Therefore, we are always confident. That would be a good thing to say. Say, I'm always confident. If you're a believer, you ought to always be confident. Confident in the Lord. Confident in the Holy Ghost. Confident in His power. We are always confident knowing that while we, were at, while we are at home in the body... We are absent from the Lord. We're connected to the Lord, but we are not physically with him. Spiritually, we are connected. He's dwelling in us by his Holy Spirit. But there's going to come a day when we're going to be joined together. 
All right? And so, until we meet the Lord uh, when he returns, here's what verse 7 says, For we walk by faith and not by sight. Now, when you walk, have you ever considered how a person walks? A walk is a steady stepping. Each step is like the other step, but you're making progress. But you see, I'm just walking. See, the Bible says we're supposed to walk by faith. We're supposed to take every step, every move, every direction in life, and it's supposed to be done by faith. That's believing God's word, doing what God said. Amen? And we're supposed to walk by faith. Hallelujah. Are you walking by faith? Every day, consistent, continually. Amen? Hallelujah. Walking speaks of your lifetime. Hallelujah. It's not to, and you know, every day we walk somewhere, right? You get up, you walk to the bathroom, you walk to the refrigerator, right? You might walk around at work and uh, we're walking all the time and God puts walking is how we're supposed to live by faith. We're supposed to walk by faith and notice not by what? Not by sight, not by our senses. We're not to be led or directed or instructed by our senses. We're either word ruled or we're sense ruled. But we're supposed to walk by faith and not by sight. In other words, if you're in a circumstance that, that could be negative, you could change it by faith. Amen? You can change what you can see by what you can't see. Hallelujah. And then it says in verse 8, we are confident. That, he says that twice. I say and willing rather to be absent from the body and to be present with the Lord. Now, it'd be far better to be present with the Lord. Amen. But how many know we're here now and we got a job to do. And until Jesus comes, we need to walk by faith, not by sight. Amen. We need to allow the word of God to govern our thoughts, our actions, and our words. We need to come in divine alignment with God through his word. Amen? And we can walk by faith, can't we? And then there's three places in the Bible where it says the just shall live by faith. Okay? So we walk by faith, and then we live by faith. Here's uh, the references are Habakkuk 2.4, Habakkuk, right? He was a, he prepared meals as a prophet, right? Habakkuk, yeah. And it, he says uh, in the last part of uh, Habakkuk 2.4, it says, and the righteous will live by his faith, all right? You know, you can live by your faith. You live by your belief system. What you believe determines what you have. What you believe will determine what you, where you go. Amen? We're all governed by a belief system. Amen? What you believe got you to where you are. And what you believe will take you to where you need to go. Amen? You just got to make sure that you're believing the right thing. Some people believe the wrong thing. But we got to believe the right thing. That's the word of God. All right? And then I'm just going to mention these, Romans 1.17 and Galatians 3.11, they all talk about uh, 
living by faith. Amen? And uh, go to Galatians chapter 2 for a moment. Galatians chapter 2. And I want you to look at verse 20. Isn't the word good? You love the word? Oh yeah, I became a Bible junkie a long time ago. And I don't regret one bit of it. All right, Galatians 2.20. The Apostle Paul, he said, I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live. Isn't that interesting? He's crucified, but yet he lives. That's a spiritual crucifixion. Okay? Yet not I, but Christ, the anointed one, lives in me. And the life which I now live, I live in the flesh. I live by the faith of the Son of God. Hallelujah. Aren't you glad Jesus gave us his faith? We, we have the faith of God. All right? I live by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. I do not frustrate the grace of God. When you don't live by faith, you frustrate the grace of God. Because grace requires faith. Amen? You are saved by grace through faith. Right? You've got to... Faith accesses the grace. Faith activates the grace that God's given us. He says, I don't frustrate the grace of God, for if righteousness comes by the law, then Christ is dead in vain. But aren't you glad? We live by the faith of the Son of God. Jesus said in Mark 11, uh, 22, he said, have the faith of God or have the God kind of faith. How many's got some God kind of faith? Amen. You got the faith that comes from God. Glory to God. It's in line with his word. It's, it agrees with his word. Hallelujah. Now I'm going to talk to you about a person in the Bible who there's not much said about the Bible. But from what's said about this person, they lived a life of faith. All right. I want you to go to Luke chapter 8. Luke chapter 8. And we're going to find out who this person is. Hallelujah. It's a woman. Oh, a woman should have shouted right there. A power woman. Her name was Mary Magdalene. And she was a person who met Jesus and she lived by faith and she walked by faith. Okay? Number one, the walk of faith begins with a changed life. When you meet Jesus, something is going to change. You are going to get a makeover. You are going to get a new nature. You are going to get an upgrade. Amen? The walk of faith begins with a changed life. And when you meet Jesus, that's when change occurs. That's when the greatest change, amen, that takes place in our life is when we met Jesus. I don't know about you, but I changed when I met Jesus. He came inside me and my life exploded, glory to God. I had access to the power of God, the grace of God, the goodness of God, the benefits, the promises, the precepts. Hallelujah. When Jesus comes into your life, change happens. And that's when the walk of faith begins. Begins with a changed life. 
How many has been changed by Jesus? Hallelujah. Look at Luke chapter 8 and verse 1. And it came to pass afterward that he went throughout every city and village preaching and showing the glad tidings of the kingdom of God. And the twelve were with him. Everybody say, we're with him. Okay? So it was Jesus and the twelve. Right? That would be a good group, Jesus and the twelve. Right? And certain women which had been healed of evil spirits and infirmities. They were, he- they were delivered and healed. Okay? Mary called Magdalene, out of whom seven, went seven devils, and Joanna, the wife of Chusa, Herod's steward, and Susanna, and many others, which ministered to him of their substance. Now, they were traveling with Jesus whenever he was in this particular area. Alright? It was the area of Galilee. But I want you to notice, having seven devils cast out, that's quite a change, isn't it? She got an upgrade. She met Jesus and seven devils that were running her life went bye-bye. They were immediately evicted. They were immediately sent out of her life. They lost control of her. She was serving the devil and the devil was happy to have her. And seven devils were operating in her life doing what she did until she met Jesus. And a change occurred. Hallelujah. A change came about over her. And something got a hold of Mary and she made a commitment to Jesus. And from that moment, we don't know when that moment was, but from that moment, she began to walk by faith. She began to live a life of faith, following Jesus, looking to Jesus. All right. And notice that they support, they ministered to Jesus. They served Jesus and they, they supported him with finances out of their own substance. God touched these wealthy women and these wealthy women started supporting Jesus. Not only did they supported Jesus, the Jesus Evangelistic Association, Jesus hardly ever traveled alone. He traveled with an entourage, right? We see here the 12. So if you're supporting Jesus, I mean, they're doing a lot, right? You're supporting 13 people plus, amen? And these women were glad to do it. Why? They were healed and delivered. That's a good change, isn't it? Hallelujah. Good changes. See, she was from the town of Magdala, which is about six miles from Capernaum. It's about 22 miles from Nazareth. It was right along the, the Sea of Galilee, this town. And um, Mary, she heard Jesus. See, Jesus went around preaching, right? So she must have heard a message that he taught or preached. Amen? She heard him. And she accepted him. She received the good news. And uh, Mary was one who went where Jesus went. Right? 
Because we see her, I mean, she was with Jesus at the cross. She was there at the tomb, amen? She was there for the long haul, okay? Hallelujah. And uh, so she was a supporter and a follower of Jesus. But the walk of faith begins with a change, a changed life, okay? How many are ready for a change? You know, change is something... That is continual. Praise God. Everybody say, praise God for change. Because change that comes from God will always make you better. It will always improve the situation. I mean, Israel changed slavery for freedom. That's a good change. Right? They gave up being told what to do for being able to do what they wanted to do. Amen? Okay? Number two, the walk of faith is carried out with a committed life. See, if you're going to walk by faith, if you're going to live by faith, it's going to require a commitment. You're going to have to commit your life to Jesus. Just as much as he was committed to save us, we got to be committed to live for him. Amen? Yeah, he, Jesus was committed. He left heaven and came to earth, was born of a man. Hallelujah. He was committed. He never quit, never gave up. Even when he had opportunities to, he never took them. Jesus was committed to you, and we need to be committed to him. To how we live. See, the change that Jesus makes in you is worthy of a strong commitment. If you've met Jesus, you know how you were before, and you know how you are now. It's worth a good commitment. It's worth a strong commitment. The change that took place in our life, it's worth us to be committed. Hallelujah. To follow him all the way. You need to walk with Jesus till the end. Amen. How many are in it for the long haul? Yeah. It's a lifelong journey. From the moment you met Jesus, that's where life really begins. Yeah, you were born, but until you met Jesus, you, you, you got eternal life. You, you, were, you were raised from spiritual death. And, and now we've got to be committed. We've got to be committed followers, committed supporters, committed uh, listeners, committed children, amen, who obey the Lord. Hallelujah. We have to finish the course and the race that God has for you. How do you know when you finish it, when you, when you can say, I finished my course with joy? You, you, you're, you're in the right place to finish. If, if the joy is not there, you got some more to do. Amen? Even if it means to go through storms. Disciples face some storms. But that was all part of following Jesus. How, how are you going to have a testimony if you don't pass a test? Come on. Right? I got news for you. In your, in your journey of, with Jesus, you're going to go through some storms. I say you're going to camp out in them. You're going to go through them. Amen? Why? Because you have the power to rebuke them. If Jesus says you need to go to A or you need to go to point B, you're going to get there no matter what comes up in, in your way as long as you're committed to Jesus. Okay? 
That means you might experience hard times. The cross was not an easy thing, but it was something Jesus had to do. And he had to do it to save us. That was the only way. Blood had to be shed. Blood had to be offered. Right? And Jesus had to do it. He had to go through the cross. Right? Even if you're criticized, mocked, or made fun of. Oh, yeah. There's those crazy VCFers. <laughs> One person said, y'all are holy rollers. And then the holy roller responded, well, I'd rather roll into heaven than slide into hell. <laughs> Sometimes you've got to travel to different locations. Jesus was constantly traveling. But no matter what you face or where you are, Jesus is always the center of attention and the focus. That's what it means to be committed to Jesus. No matter what you go through or no matter what you experience, you're looking to Jesus. You're listening to Jesus. You're following Jesus. That's what it means to be committed. Amen? You're not committed to the circumstance. You're committed to Jesus. And if you're committed to Jesus, you'll get through any circumstance. All right? Mary was at the cross and at the empty tomb, so she followed Jesus the whole way. Mary listened to Jesus. Luke 8, 1 said that she heard him preach. She listened to Jesus. How does faith come? Hearing the word from who? The word of God, right? So if you want to walk by faith, you've got to listen to faith words. You can't walk by faith and listen to negative words. Israel listened to a negative report. Actually, the Bible says it was an evil report because it went against God. Where did the evil report get them? It got them dead. Because they listened to an evil report. If you're going to live by faith and walk by faith, you've got to listen to God's report. Hallelujah. What kind of news is God's report? Good news. God's got the best report. Even if doctors or specialists or experts disagree with him, God's got the best report. He's got the final. Does God have the final say in your life? Hallelujah. Go to Matthew 28. Matthew 28. Hallelujah. We're seeing examples of what it means to walk by faith. Matthew 28 and verse 8. Mary obeyed his teaching. Matthew 28, verse 8. And they departed quickly from the sepulcher, or the tomb, with fear and great joy, and did run to bring his disciples' word. And as they went to tell his disciples, behold, Jesus met them, saying, All hail. Another translation says rejoice. You know, when Jesus says rejoice, what do you do? You rejoice. Right? And they came and held him by the feet and worshipped him. Then they then said Jesus unto them, Be not afraid, go tell my brethren that they go that they go into Galilee, and there shall they see me. 
Now when they were going, behold, some of the uh, watch came into the city, that's the guard that was there, and showed unto the chief priests all the things that were done. What was Mary's response when Jesus said, go tell my brothers? Did she say, oh, let me pray about it? No, she didn't. Why? She already knew. When Jesus speaks, you do what he says. You don't have to question it. You don't have to pray about it. You just have to do it. I mean, she heard the word, right? Jesus is the word. The word was talking. She had a a divine directive from the word. Go and tell my brothers. Okay? What did she do? She obeyed. She went and told them. Was her message received? No, it wasn't. But she, she went and told them. She went and did what the Lord said. That's obeying Jesus. Right? And notice, notice when uh, she saw Jesus, what did, what did she do? They came and behold his feet and worshipped him. They worshipped him. You know, if you're going to live by faith and walk by faith, you've got to be a worshiper. You can't walk by faith and not worship. Amen? Now, when I was young, I grew up in a religious atmosphere. And every week, we went to church, but we did the same thing. Sit down, kneel down, make the cross. It was a form of religion, but it had no power. But I remember when I got, I got saved in the charismatic church. And they were more free. And I remember the first time I was raising, I mean, when I got saved, my hand didn't go up all the way. My hand only, it stopped right here. I had a ceiling of my hand. My hands weren't used to being up like this, unless I was saying touchdown. But I remember one night, I went to church late because I worked late. And I was sitting along the aisle, but towards the back. And they were singing a song about freedom. And just inside me, I heard this voice, not an audible voice, but it said, if you're free, why don't you act like it? It's like, okay. So I stepped out. And all of a sudden, when I did, my feet started moving. And I felt free. Amen. But, you know, it took some faith. It took, it took faith to be free. It took faith to get to the point where I could raise my hands comfortably. Amen? I don't know if you've ever struggled with that, but I did. Because I was such from a religious, oppressed uh, thing. They didn't know what freedom was. Amen? But thank God I'm free. Yes. And I'm living and walking by faith. Yes. Go to Mark 9.35. I'm sorry, Matthew 9.35. Matthew 9.35. These might be some of the places where Mary connected with Jesus. This might have been some of the places where Mary connected with Jesus. Matthew 9, 35. And Jesus went about all the cities and villages. This was in Galilee, teaching in their synagogues and preaching the gospel of the kingdom. And what? Healing every sickness and every disease among the people. And we know that Mary was healed and delivered. She might have been to one of these meetings where Jesus was teaching and preaching. And she got healed. Amen. And she felt free. She felt, I mean, when devils leave you, you feel a whole lot better. 
Hallelujah. Oppression leaves and you feel the love of God and, and light comes to your soul. She might have met Jesus in one of the, in, at Matthew 9.35. Cause there was multitudes of people. Jesus made his home in Capernaum. He moved from Nazareth to Capernaum and Capernaum was six miles away from Magdala where Mary grew up, where Mary lived. And certainly that was within a, a day's journey. They could have been in contact. Maybe, maybe, uh, Josephus wrote that Magdala was a city of 30,000 people right along the Sea of Galilee. Hallelujah. Maybe, maybe Mary met him in Matthew 4.12. Go to Matthew 4.12. Matthew 4.12. It says, Now when Jesus had heard that John was cast into prison, he departed into Galilee. Where did Jesus perform his first miracle? Cana of Galilee. Where did he perform his second miracle? It was in Cana where he raised the, the rich man's son. The Bible says that was his second miracle. That was in Galilee. Amen? Mary lived in Galilee. Galilee was like Lebanon County. There's lots of, there's lots of cities within Lebanon County, right? Palmyra's in Lebanon County. Anvil's in Lebanon County. Cleona's in Lebanon County. Uh, Campbelltown's in Lebanon County. Lebanon is in Lebanon County. There's a lot of towns and villages in the county. Amen? And look at verse 13. And leaving, Leaving Nazareth, he came and dwelt in Capernaum, which is upon the sea coast and the borders of Zebulon and Naphtali. So there Jesus set up his headquarters in Capernaum, right along the Sea of Galilee, six miles from Magdala, where Mary lived. The Bible doesn't say when she met Jesus. But the Bible says that she met him and she got delivered and she got healed. And from that moment on, she followed him. She knew where he was. She was aware of his presence. She supported him. And whenever he was in her her region, she went with him. Hallelujah. That's called walking by faith and living by faith. Can someone say praise the Lord? All right. Go to Mark chapter 1. Mark chapter 1. Hallelujah. Mark chapter 1. Glory to God. And uh, look at verse uh, 14. Mark 1 and verse 14. Now after that, John was put in prison. Jesus came into Galilee preaching the gospel of the kingdom of God. And saying, the time is fulfilled and the kingdom of God is at hand. Repent and believe the gospel. What is repent? It's change. Amen? Amen. Jesus' first message was change. Repent and believe the gospel. Amen? He was giving people the opportunity to repent and change. And I know that when the devil uses you and you get tired of the devil using you, you want to make a change. Hallelujah. And Mary made that change. Mary made that change. 
Maybe she met him in Luke 4.14 where it says Jesus went back into Galilee in the power of the Spirit and news about him spread throughout the entire region. How many know as your power increases, so does your publicism, right? Jesus' publicist was the Holy Ghost in power. And as his power increased, so did his reputation increase. The word kept going out, right? When, when he displayed his power, the word went out. Hallelujah. When you walk in God's power, people will know about you, even the devil. Amen? But you don't have to worry about the devil knowing you. You'll whoop his little you-know-what. Maybe Mary heard about the other woman who anointed Jesus with the oil, wiped his, her, his feet with her tears and her hair. Because that was in Galilee at Simon the Pharisee's house. Maybe she heard that story. And maybe she said, if, if a woman like that, because that woman was like me. And if she gets saved, maybe there's hope for me. Amen. Maybe that's what she heard about Jesus. Hallelujah. Maybe she, maybe she was a participant at the wedding. Maybe she heard about the miracle, how Jesus turned water into wine. Hallelujah. Maybe she heard about that, and that's what brought her to Jesus. Glory to God. All right? The next thing you need to know about walking and living by faith, go to Matthew 27. Matthew 27. And verse 55, Matthew 27 and verse 55. Notice this, Matthew 27, verse 55. And many women were there beholding afar off. What does it mean to behold? To look, to gaze, to fix your eyes on, right? That behold is not a glance. They were beholding from a distance. And they had good eyes because they didn't, they didn't need binoculars. Which followed Jesus from Galilee, ministering unto him. All right, 56, among which was Mary Magdalene, Mary the mother of James, and Joseph the, the mother of Zebedee's children, When the evening was come, there came a rich man of Arimathea named Joseph, who was also himself Jesus' disciple. So Jesus had died, and they're still following him. Even in the midst of, when when you stay close to Jesus in a tragedy, you'll experience great triumph. Where were these women? They were at the tomb. Where were the disciples? They were scattered. These women have more faith than the disciples. Come on, ladies. These are some strong ladies. These are some committed ladies. These ladies walked by faith. They were serious about their faith. They were like, yeah, he's dead, but he's still alive. They, they, They kept focusing on him. They kept looking to him. All right? They were ministering to him. You know, faith looks for him. Faith looks to him. Looking unto Jesus, who is the author and the finisher of our faith. Did, did it, when, you, when you say looking unto Jesus, does that say when we should take our eyes off him? Why did Peter sink? 
He took his eyes off Jesus and put it on the storm, put it on the circumstance. You see how, how, how dangerous it is to stop looking at Jesus, to stop listening to Jesus? It'll get you out of faith. Our faith is in Jesus. We gotta, we gotta keep our eyes on Jesus, keep our ears to Jesus, right? We gotta keep our lives in line with Jesus. That's what it means to live and walk by faith. This is what Mary did. Hallelujah. I've never preached so much about Mary before in my life. But when God shows you something, you go with it. Amen? Hallelujah. She accompanied him. She looked to him and she looked for him. All right, go to Luke 24. Luke 24. Hallelujah. Mm-mm-mm. Glory to God. Luke 24. And let's look at verse 1. Hallelujah. Now upon the first day of the week, very early in the morning, they came to the sepulcher, bringing the spices which they had prepared and certain others with them. What were the spices for? She, she was going to anoint Jesus. And notice, they purchased these spices. The same women that supported him were going to anoint him. If you're going to live by faith, you've got to anoint Jesus. You anoint him and he'll anoint you. That's a good exchange. And they found the stone rolled away from the sepulcher. And they, they entered in. Everybody said they entered in. They weren't afraid to go into a tomb because they knew it was an empty room. They went in. These women are bold. How, they, they go where no woman has gone before, glory to God. They went in. Faith goes in. Hallelujah. And found not the body of the Lord Jesus. And it came to pass as they were much perplexed thereabout. Behold, two men stood by them in shining garments. And as they were afraid and bowed down their faces to the earth, they said unto him, Why? The angel said, why do you seek the living among the dead? He's not here but risen. Remember how he spoke to you when he was yet in Galilee. Saying the son of man must be delivered into the hands of sinful men and be crucified and the third day rise again. And they remembered his words. And they returned from the sepulcher and told all these things unto the eleven. She witnessed for Jesus. How many know that you got, you got a story to tell? Our job is to tell others what God has done for us. Witnessing for Jesus is part of living by faith and walking by faith. You, ha- you are an eyewitness of an experience with God. Every one of you are, have been born again. Every one of you have met Jesus. Every one of you have got a story to tell what God has done for you. And we, all we got to do is tell someone else. And let the Holy Spirit, you don't have to convince them, you just have to tell them. Say, look at what God has done for me. Hallelujah, has God done something for you? Amen. So let's share it. Let's witness. All right? So they witnessed for him. 
Hallelujah. All right, go to Acts chapter 1. Acts chapter 1. Hallelujah. Look at verse 14. (laughs) Acts chapter 1, verse 14. These all continued with one accord in prayer and supplication. Notice that phrase with the women. You know who he's talking about? Mary is part of that group. Mary Magdalene. She's not mentioned by name, but when Luke 8, 1 said certain women, they made a reference to women that support. She's in, she's in this group, the women. All right? And Mary, the mother of Jesus, with his brethren. She, when she met Jesus... She never stopped following Jesus. She never stopped looking to Jesus. She never stopped supporting Jesus. She never stopped serving Jesus when she had the opportunity, right? She stuck with Jesus till the end. She was at the cross. The the only disciple was at the cross was John and Mary, Jesus' mother, and Mary Magdalene. She wasn't afraid to see the cross. She was the first one at the tomb, and she was there on the day of Pentecost getting ready to be filled with the promise of the Father. She didn't know what it was, but she was there with expectation. She was there with hope in her heart, and she was there part of the group ready to be filled with the Holy Ghost. This woman walked and lived by faith. She never detoured. She never took a detour. She stuck with Jesus. Now, think about this now. You're a close follower of Jesus, and you see him go through what he went through on the cross. Most of his followers thought all hope was lost, but not Mary. She was there at the cross. Yeah, she was weeping. She was seeing what was done to her Savior and her Lord. She was a witness to what was taking place. But who was the first one at the tomb? Who, I mean, she had to get up earlier than anybody else. Right? She was the first one. And she had an encounter with an angel. Matthew 28 says she was there. An earthquake occurred. The, 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 the guards that were there were terrified. She saw this happening. She saw the, the stone roll away and the angel sitting on the stone. I like Matthew's account. The angel's just hanging out on the stone, man. And she, she sees his, his clothes are like lightning. And the angel's having a conversation with her. Right? And she's not phased. And she, she goes with excitement to go tell the boys. The boys hadn't even gotten up yet. They hadn't even had their coffee yet. And they didn't believe her when she said what she had to say. But she was a remarkable woman. See, when you stay close to Jesus in tragedy, you'll experience a great triumph. She experienced the resurrection. She was the first one to see him risen. She was the first eyewitness. She was the first one to testify of his resurrection. See, that's what, when you walk by faith and not by sight, Jesus will reward you. Jesus will make himself known to you. Him and the Father will manifest themselves to you. 
Because he loves you. The greater your love for God, the greater your encounters with him. Amen? Hallelujah. Throughout the ministry of Jesus, Mary remained a close follower, walking and living by faith. How about us? Where are we in our faith walk? Are we as committed as we need to be? Are we as embracing change as we need to be? And the third point that I want you to know is the walk of faith is a constant life. Once Mary met Jesus, she put him first in her life. He was her highest priority. His truth was her most valuable possession, and she invested all of her wealth in his ministry. She did not waver in her relationship with Jesus, and she walked with him the rest of her life. And God only knows what happened after she got filled with the Holy Ghost. My goodness. She kicked it up a notch right there. Now, in, in Israel, in the city of Magdala, it's not called Magdala, it's called Migdal. And they built a building, it's called a spiritual center. And it tells the gospel. And in one of the rooms of this spiritual center, I, I looked it up, I, I had a PowerPoint, but I didn't have time to show it. In, in this, they built one of, a round room, right? It's got eight pillars in it. One of the pillars is named after Mary Magdalene. And it's got her name engraved in this pillar. And then the other seven are to the other women who are part of it. But it's a whole room. It's called the women's atrium. It's a round room with eight pillars. And Mary's got her name on it. Amen? Why? She walked by faith. She lived by faith. Not by sight. I'm challenging you tonight to increase your faith. Faith is like a muscle. Thessalonians says, thanks be unto God, my faith grows exceedingly. We got exceedingly growing faith. Amen? Your faith can get big. We got a big God, we got to have big faith. Amen? We got big faith in a big, strong God. Amen? Who's got, who's got big faith in a big, strong God? Shout amen. Shout hallelujah. Hallelujah. Our faith is in a big God, a strong God. He can do the impossible. Amen. It's time that we start doing the impossible. Hallelujah. It's time that we start doing big things, big challenges. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Why? That's what God does. That's what people of faith do. Amen. He, we, we need to drive sickness out of our homes. Hallelujah. Out of our bodies. We got to eradicate it in the name of Jesus. And we got to flush out sickness with healing and wholeness and restoration and strength. Amen. Hallelujah. How many could use a faith lift tonight? A supernatural boost of power. Greater, you know, it takes some power to get a rocket into space. The power that we got inside of us is greater than that power of the rocket. Amen. We got resurrection power. We got Holy Ghost power. And there's power here tonight. How many could use some power? 
Let's power up tonight. Amen. Let's strengthen up tonight. Let's increase. Let's increase tonight. Let's go up tonight. Stand to your feet. Stand to your feet. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory to God. If you need a faith lift tonight, it's not saying anything bad. It's just you're needing a boost. Amen. You're needing some divine help. Amen. You're needing the power of God to come in. Hallelujah. And supercharge. We got to get some supercharged saints. Supercharged saints tonight. If that's you, I want you to come up right now. Jesus said, all those who are thirsty, come to me and drink. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Come to me and drink. Glory to God.